0: This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Eric Martin, the vocalist for Mr. Big, who are celebrating 30 years of Lean Into It. Uh, As I just turned 37 a couple of days ago, it's hard to believe that this is a record that I literally grew up with. Uh, Eric Martin's voice is someone that I grew up with, uh, and a lot of his music uh, in Mr. Big and, and a lot of his solo stuff is music that I grew up with. When I started this podcast, I really had a weird bucket list of guests that I wanted to have on the show. And Eric was one of my like 10 that I was like, I really want to get him on. I've always loved the record. Lean into it. Uh, I've always loved the songs, the diverse nature of the songs contained within it. You know, you got, you know, the Power Drill song. You have Green Tinted 60s Mine, obviously the big smash, uh, Be With You and stuff like that. And it's just the musicianship and and the, the genre hopping, I think, really resonated with me at a young age where I'm like, oh, this band is unlike any other band I've really ever heard, even at a young age, to understand that there's just something magical about this band. And if you aren't familiar with Mr. Big outside of To Be With You, well, then you need to go and listen to this record um, and do your due diligence because it is it is a great record. It's a great fucking band and especially a band of musicians who are unafraid to take interesting risks, uh, I guess, musically and just be more than just, well, we're a rock band. And so for me, that that is kind of why I've always wanted Eric on the show. And it goes beyond even just the music. I mean, I remember, as you'll hear, you know, getting the Sega CD game for Spider-Man. And as soon as you put on the disc and, and you get to the intro uh, title menu, there's a song. And then, boom, within about, I think, 10 seconds, here comes Eric Martin's voice. And I remember going, like, looking at my dad going, that's the guy for Mr. Big. Like, I recognized his voice. And it's just kind of weird how... Ensconced Eric Martin is in my childhood, uh, with a lot of fun, fond memories uh shared even with my dad, especially. So it's one of those where I've just have always wanted to talk to him. And unfortunately, Eric's not super active or wasn't really uh in the beginning of me doing this show, nor did I really know how to like get a hold of him. So when the 30th anniversary, you know, holy shit deluxe box set uh comes through in my email, uh, basically going like, hey, here's here's this, you know, thing going on, I was like, here's my opportunity, and I fucking jumped at it, we got to talk to Eric Martin, and I'm so happy that, you know, we had about an hour to just chat, kind of, about the record, about life, how things have changed, you know, touring now, and, and so forth, and it just was a lot of fun. sometimes when you get some of these, quote-unquote, older musicians, you know, they're a little bit more I don't want to say challenging but they they don't you know they they kind of are stuck in the old way and everything changed and everything fucked them basically and I don't get that vibe from Eric at all I feel like he has a, such a level head about him of just this is how it was and then things changed and you know I, I've adapted and adapted again and adapted again and you know, there ebbs and flows, that's that's what it is, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm still able to be a musician as my main job, and for that, I'm always appreciative, so I, uh, I've always just enjoyed him, and this was no different. Uh, before I get into the actual chat, though, um, speaking of things that I tried that are, are classics and with a slightly new twist... Um, so I uh, went to a couple of shows this week. Uh, I'll talk about them probably on another show. Um, but I tried a new drink. So one of the bars I go to uh, called the Tin Can, they basically have canned beers, beverages, and so forth. Uh, and they always love giving me the weird shit, like where they'll be like, we just got this in. Try it. Uh, and so there was this thing. It's called the the Long Drink. And what it is is a zero-sugar uh, under 100 calorie, uh, 5% uh, drink. And it is a gin drink with natural grapefruit and juniper. And I was kind of like, ah, I'm not really big on some of these like pre-mixed drinks in a, in a can thing. That's not really my bag. And I have to say, these things are fucking delicious. Um, they go down real easy. Like I said, 5%. Uh, I think you can, I mean, if you drink and you like somewhat sweeter things with a little bit of bitterness to it um, with the grapefruit these are perfect uh it's not quite a seltzer it's not quite a a, like a high noon it's something kind of in between uh and i'm here for them so if you are in the distribution area for one of these drinks try one uh i found them to be a great social drink um every time i have the two times i've sat down to have some uh, i always end up uh you know, having great conversation and and just fun with the group of people that I'm hanging out with. So uh, that is my drink of choice for this week. And with all that said, let's get into my conversation with Eric Martin, and I will talk to you all on the other side of it.
1: John, this is Eric Martin. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, but I'm sorry to call you a little earlier. It's just that, you know, thirty minutes to talk. is just bullshit. Uh, maybe <laughs> we can just chat a little bit before you turn something on, or if you got like a if you got the kettle on, I'll wait for you.
0: No, I'm just sitting here reading up on uh more of the controversy surrounding the new uh, who the we are. No, well, I mean, I'm very familiar with you. Uh, I mean, potentially you may have heard this throughout your career in the last, you know, couple of decades. But uh, you know, your "Lean Into It" record uh, was a, an album that my parents played to death uh, when I was growing up, and became a record that I still, I mean, a lot of your catalog actually, I still listen to consistently now, still today. Um, well, let me,
1: man, I'm, uh, I'm feeling. 10 feet tall
0: right now <laughs> well it's also one of those things and, and I told the uh, Maria and uh, Debbie this too um, when I started this podcast about five years ago uh, there was a bucket list of people I wanted to get on just you know people that in theory would be maybe random uh, if you if I was like you know who I want and you're one of the last couple from when I started the show that I, I really was trying to find but uh, it, it was kind of interesting because you don't really seemingly do a whole lot of press. Like, you know, sometimes I'll see you pop up on uh, Eddie Trunk stuff and a few other, you know, blogs and stuff like that that are more catered to, you know, classic rock and so forth. But it's one of those where the thing that has kind of always endeared me to, you know, you is just, I mean, you've had such a long career and, you know, everyone knows, you know, Mr. Big lean into it to be with you and stuff like that. What do you but, mean you know, had? Well, it's it's just yeah, no, one of those things where, I mean, you you have had a career that has been even before most of us knew who you, like, who you were in Mr. Big, and yeah. you still continue to work and do stuff, and it's one of those that I, I've always lauded those that a lot of people would go, oh, they're just the one hit. Like, you know, even today, talking to a fellow podcaster, that's well beyond what I do, and he goes, oh, who you got? And I go, talking to Eric Martin. He goes, don't know who that is, and I go, it's the singer of Mr. Big, and he's also done these things. He goes... Oh, well, yeah. and then I was like, well, I mean, you could be like that all you want, but, dude, like, I'm pretty fucking stoked. Like, I've been after this dude for five years, and, like, it's cool oh, to me. Dude. Uh,
1: thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, 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 that is so funny, man. Uh, you know, most of the... You know, when I'm on an airplane or something... I, I, look, this is the classic. I'm on an airplane, and I'm going to Germany, <laughs> and this Scottish guy sitting next to me. We're in business, and we're just... Talking, and he goes, Oh, you look like you're in a band. And I go, I do. I look like I I feel like I look homeless. (laughs) So he goes, He goes, What band? And I go, "Um, It's being called Mr. Big. Uh, And then I always, when people kind of go, Oh, no, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, you're in business, they don't, they don't freaking know. And uh, I go, Yeah, we had a couple hits, and I go, We had a number one song. In uh, 15 countries, it's called "To Be With You," and, and I swear to God, I, I cringe when I do it. But I go, I sang a little piece of it. And I go, "I'm the one who wants," and he goes, uh, "No, you know, just like <laughs> your podcast friend." You go, oh, "No, I don't really." You got that guy. Anyway, uh, I'm singing this, this little piece, and he goes, "No, no," and he goes, "Well, who's in the band?" And I go, "Billy Sheehan," and he goes, "Winery Dogs." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, dude, cart before the horse, son. You know? <laughs> uh, I go, why? Yeah, Billy. Where do you think Billy Sheen came from? And he goes, uh, David Lee Roth. I'm like, uh, decades <laughs> went by. Where were you? <laughs> where, 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 where were you with business school or some shit? And um, anyway, so he goes, Oh, I didn't know he had another band. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. So I. I basically, it was a 12-hour flight or something, or I don't know, like 10-hour flight to Germany. And I just schooled this dude on our career. And this guy was the CEO of, of a company, and he's gone. He went to a bunch of Mr. Big shows, flew all around the world, basically. He saw us in Germany. He flew to Chicago uh, or St. Charles at the Arcade Theater to see us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was on a mission, man.
0: <laughs> well, it's just kind of funny because it's like sometimes, you know, like, and it, 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 the irony of this is not lost on me today, you know, as I was actually reading up on because uh, the new Kanye West record dropped surprisingly yesterday. My wife and I went to the last listening event in Chicago because it's only about three hours from here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And was one of those things where you know talking to a lot of my industry friends, you know some that are like kind of do what I do. Uh, one of my friends that actually lives here in town uh, works for like Holics, which you know if you're not familiar with the company, they are the company that essentially holds and hosts like the streams, uh, the media links before the records come out. Um, so you know we him and I have been going back and forth with like you know what do you think? What's the best verse? What's this like? What do you feel about the record now that it's been out? You know almost 24 hours. And, you know, being fans of of Kanye and it was just one of those where I was like, I think because a lot of people are asking me my opinions, I think I'm just going to like do a like a video or something. But I kind of want there to be somebody else so I can kind of talk about some of the more abstract things I've been noticing in the music and so forth. And I go, but what's going to be funny is everyone just kind of pigeonholes me as like, oh, you're just the metal guy. And I'm like, yeah, but I I I mean, I am, I do like metal, and I love hardcore and stuff like that, but, like, you know, I had D. Snyder on the show that we posted about a month ago, then I had Dennis DeYoung follow that episode, and people are probably like, what are you doing talking to these guys? I'm like, this is the shit I grew up on, so, like, I still have a soft I, spot for I, it.
1: <laughs> I hope it's not the same idiot that you're talking to and go, what are you listening to those guys? For? I you know, open your mind, man, you know? I sound like a hippie. Uh, <laughs> open your mind, I mean, like, I mean, look, I so I'm in Mr. Big, but I also have an acoustic kind mm-hmm. of show. It's called Eric Warren's Big Acoustic. And I play Mr. Big songs my way or the way I wrote these songs, songwriter lies. they tell these funny ass stories and and I do that. Right. And then I have an electric solo kind of band where it's me and the guys from the band Trickster. Mm-hmm. And we play their hits. I play a couple of mine. And then I'm a, a part of a rock a metal opera called Avantasia in, uh, I don't know if you, I mean, if you like metal. I know you like what kind of metal you like, but it's kind oh, of symphonic metal. <laughs> Tobias Samet uh, from the band Ed Guy from Germany.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then it's got like Jorn Landy, Ronnie Atkins from Pretty Maids, uh, Bob Catley. So it's a power like metal band, and then six singers from all around the world me. World! My voice cracked like a little kid. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I had a show in Atlanta on Saturday, so I got a little
0: scratchy. I'll so, be in Atlanta um, in about a week.
1: Alright, say hello. To them. So, say they, they, hopefully they remember me. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, Bob Catley from Magnum, um, this guy Herbie Lang is another singer, uh, and they're all Europeans, and the three Americans are Adrian Cowan, and she's a full-on heavy metal singer, And then um, me and Jeff Tate, Mm. right? And it's something different. I don't get to do, you know? So I've been part of this for about six years, and it's kind of fun to go around. Anyway, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you're a metal guy, but you're also... you got a little bit of a gift of gab. You like music. Here you are going to see Kanye West. Uh, It doesn't shock me, it doesn't surprise me. I'm from the old school of like, you know, it's not just meat and potatoes, man. I like everything else, too, you
0: know? Well, I mean, I think that's kind of, you know, delving a little bit into this this deluxe version of the, the album, the 30th anniversary of Lean Into It. I think that's kind of showcased on, and granted, it's kind of there as a, I don't want to say a gimmick necessarily, but the, the reggae version of To Be With You. Like, to me, when I listened to that, <laughs> I kind of laughed, and, you know, even you going... Oh this sounds like you be forty because like you're trying to find a different voice for it to fit literally the new the new melodies and patterns that are kind of happening with the band playing it that way uh,
1: just, we know we uh we were just fooling around in our we uh i think it was a rehearsal place or recording i maybe it was a recording studio we weren't trying to you know I, I didn't write to be with you and go. And one of those guys going, we had to make a reggae version. Let's fuck it up completely. No, it was just fooling around. And I hadn't heard it in 30 years. I couldn't even remember it. But, uh, yeah, I'm going, ja. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm Lee Crash Perry or I'm Bob Marley on it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I'm surprised that that actually is on there. It's funny. It shows the humorous side of Mr. Big. Um, yeah, that's. That record, and and there's also got a couple other songs on it. One was called "Wild Wild Women." <laughs> and I you know I, I don't know if I was married to that song, you know. To, I just wrote a bunch of songs for the record, and you know, whatever we either put uh, paper, you know, on the song list in a hat and just picked it out. But "Wild Wild Women" it was a cool song. It was kind of a bluesy song, but the one I really liked was Stop Messing Around, which had this Aerosmith country rock kind of sound to it. Look, I don't know if people know who we are, but uh, especially your friend. Uh, now <laughs> now a <I'm> myth. <miffed. laughs> so um so it's it's Billy Sheehan. He came from Daily Ross, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh Paul Gilbert, Young Gun, came from Racer X and you know, you know him as a solo artist now, but um, and Pat Torpy, who played with everybody from Ted Nugent to the Knack to uh, Belinda Carlisle, if you can believe it, uh, John Parr from the '80s, Saint Elmo's Fire guy, right, and a uh, b- bunch of other great uh, people. I played a lot of people's records. Anyway, um, when we did our first album it was kind of a meat and potatoes record rock and roll and the second album we were trying to figure out what we were going to do and you know it's just a, we I also I, I wrote with other people I, a guy named Andre Pessis that I've been writing with for solo stuff as well so him and I wrote a few things uh, that made it on the record like a song called Just Take My Heart
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then when we also wrote with the band but when, when Paul Gilbert brought in his song, Green Tinted 60s Mind, which was completely left field of what we were doing, kind of the psychedelic, twisty, kind of all kinds of melodies and harm, chocolate harmonies, it opened the gates to do other things. So that's when I went, hey, I reached into my gym bag and my little cassette that I've been holding around for about 20 years, and I go, yeah, hey, to be with you. Remember this oh you guys liked it in eighty nine, you know. <laughs> and they go, Yeah, good little song you got there, you know. So that would've probably never been on the record if uh Paul didn't say, What about Green Chinate? And everybody goes, Yeah, that's great and then and it was you know, it was open season or whatever, as they say.
0: Well, I mean, kind of the, the finish the thought on, you know, even the, the reggae version quote-unquote of to be with you that I thought was interesting and especially given the yeah. just the expansiveness of the band sound on lean into it I mean green tinted 60 mind green tinted 60s mind is probably one of my favorite songs and it reminds me when I first heard the record like there's just something about it that always stuck out to me you know from the kind of like reversed cymbal hits kind of that started off a little bit and you know just you know Billy's uh you know, plucking of the bass strings to kind of complement the tapping and so forth. And it's just one of those oh, where yeah. it just kind of brings you in. And then lyrically, it just it didn't quite sound like anything else on the record. And I just remember being so enthralled with it from a young age of not being, you know, the having the decades now that I myself have of music knowledge and just, you know, pulling from that. It was just like, there's something about this that's different. There's something about this band listening to you know, just the way it, the album even kicks in with, you know, daddy, brother, lover, little boy and all that kind of stuff. It's like it just fucking grabs you and takes you on this ride from start to finish. And, you know, the the expansiveness of all of you as musicians coming together and being able to write stuff that is pretty complex and interesting, but able to do it in a way that just is so hooky and good. It's just I like I said, I, I always go back to it for that reason, because I'm like, name me another band that does this really like to me.
1: Well, we all play, you know, I play uh, piano, guitar, uh, gabble in a little bass, I play drums. Billy plays guitar, uh, Paul plays piano, guitar, Pat, uh, same thing, guitar, drums, vocals. Everybody's say, I don't know how we came together, and it was so perfect. I've been in so many bands where I like, go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, those two guys are good, or oh, that one guy from that band's good, and, or he'll probably do something, you know, big in life or whatever, but the four of us just clicked, and we did everything. We got it, you know, Uh, harmony-wise. Nobody said no at practice. Everybody just said, okay, let's try that, let's try that. Not like, nah, no, it's not us. There's no... All the bullshit and all the baggage went out years prior to all this (laughs) Uh, thing with Mr. Big, yeah, it was it was painless, it was easy and everybody was overly talented you know, everybody just got it and uh, I'm so glad that we, we really, we worked so hard on our harmonies and granted, I mean, those, Billy and Paul that they're so like, you know how two guitar players, you know, like I don't know, The Outlaws or Night Ranger, or, you know, two guitar, Leonard Skinner uh, working together. That was like um, Billy and Paul working out things, what they were going to play, and I don't know, man, and they were they were meticulous, you know, they were working really hard on it. And uh, I, when I first met Pat, he came into uh, we he aud- when I first got in the band. Excuse me. When I first got in the band, it was Billy Called Me. And then him and I, we did a couple demos and we were shopping a deal and that didn't happen. And then we auditioned. uh, He he was talking about Paul Gilbert. And I never heard of Paul Gilbert before. I'd seen him in a couple of the magazines, like Guitar Player from the Practicing Musician. or It was kind of humorous. But I mean, I was like, the guy's got fringe on his guitar. I like him. You know, <laughs> and I mean, he came in, he's 6'4". He had these day glow green and orange painted cabinets. And I was like, OK, <laughs> you know, I'd been kicking around. I was on Electra, I was in Capitol. I was a solo artist band guy for many, many years. I was like, I'm taking a chance. I don't care. I need to get in something really good. These guys are really good at what they do. Pat came in; he was the second audition, and I loved his drumming. And the band, and those two guys just looked—you know, he played a, they played tons of Led Zeppelin songs that day.
2: Hmm.
1: And you know, they're, they're both of them, Paul and Billy, were like, "Man, I really like this guy." And I, and I go, "Hey, can you sing?" And he sang, and it was like Paul McCartney' <laughs> voice came out. And I'm like, "God," you know, you get. Two for the price of one, you know. Right. Two, this I mean, incredible singer, and him and I were—we were the guys. We, you know, we—I had the lead, and he took that second harmony, and Billy had the high one, and Mama sang bass, Daddy saying, Daddy, You know what I mean? But it—it yeah. it just clicked, and it was—it was pretty magical.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing that, like I said, kind of listening back to getting some of these demo versions of some of the songs, what's interesting to me, and I kind of want to talk a little bit more about is, you know, just some of the, I'll call it tightening up, or the the tightening of the arrangement of the songs, and I'm wondering, was that more of an influence of Kevin, your producer? Because I know you worked with him a lot in your solo career, leading up to even working with him in the Mr. Big Camp, or was that just kind of... A collaborative thing between all of you kind of tightening it up from the demo itself
1: from what part are you talking about so like a
0: a good example is on green tinted 60s mind the demo a lot of what pat's playing not a lot there's a few note like noted nuances to his playing especially in the verses that changed from the demo to what ended up kind of being and i and i feel like it's such a minute change to just kind of have him play something a little bit different but the way it just kind of Opens everything up more for for more melody, more space. I think is really interesting to kind of hear it that way. And I don't know if that's a Kevin from the produce, like from a producer standpoint, or if that's all of you yeah. kind of living with the song a little bit more after doing demos and pre pro, and then going, you know. And then Pat just kind of changed it up as to what's on the record.
1: I think I think all of the above. I mean, hmm. because Kevin Elson, he was also a keyboard player
0: mm-hmm. back in the
1: day. And he was a great song arranger. I mean, he was a songwriter as well at at some period of his life. Um, And I'm sure he... I mean, look, I remember him from the Wayback Machine when (laughs) I did an album in 1983, Eric Martin Band. I remember him being out there helping me arrange songs. You know, (laughs) I mean, I knew what I was kind of... I thought I knew what I was doing. But he, you know, he... It, you know, I'd, I'd lack of a better word. He was a fifth beetle vibe where he could go. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good, But how about try this? Look, the thing about Kevin Elson was like, yeah, we tried everything. We didn't, and you know, sometimes when you do that, you know, it's like beating a dead horse. I, I don't cancel me. I'm not, I don't mean I'm not be, beating a dead horse. Is the thing. <laughs> but it's like you know, you just you're. Sometimes I would bring in a song and I go, Look, I like this. It's awesome. And they go, Well, yeah, that's good. But how about this? And yeah, we'll try this. And like, sometimes your first impression is what you go with. Like, there's a lot lot of times where you do a song, like even to be with you. When I brought my little demo in and I had a, a, I even put piano on it, which is, let's get rid of the piano and just play it the way it is. We didn't beat it to death you know we just kind of did it but green tinted yeah I don't remember all of it but I'm sure that Kevin had a lot uh to do with guys let's let's try this let's try that um I specifically remember a song and it wasn't on lean into it it was an album jeez I can't remember I think maybe I don't remember bump ahead or something but it was called going where the wind blows
2: Mm.
1: and uh it was a kind of a soft rocker, and Kevin was like, "No, no," and I was married to it, man. <laughs> like <laughs> that was my baby, you know. And Kevin goes, "Eric, I don't think this is good," <laughs> and I'm like, "What? How dare you?" You know. And he goes, uh, can, "Can you make it a ballad?" And I was like, "I, I, I couldn't fathom that. I was like freaking out, but I did it. Changed it. Made a ballad. It was one of our." <laughs> a great single for <laughs> Mr. P. So, yeah, I can't remember as far back as Lean Into it was Kevin, but I know Kevin was just, he was he was great at, he, you know, he had the Midas touch with that stuff.
0: You know, and I told my dad this when I told him I was going to be talking to you, <clears throat> and I know this might be an odd question hey, that hey, maybe,
1: hey, I, I I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm really, really curious. Would you, you said you listened to Green Kid the in this interview You said my parents Yep Played Lean Into It Yeah Now what were your parents Favorite songs Don't let me I'm sure it's to be with you But what, what could it have been here?
0: Um, I mean So my dad is Was Like my parents met Because my dad was A, a drummer in a band At the Dover Air Force Base Back in the day And uh, so as a result uh, My dad was kind of more Into rock and stuff like that That's what he grew up on and so, it's uh, it's kind of funny because when he would like memories I have of him playing this record is also learning him playing the drums to this record, and you know it was a lot of the, the the kind of ass kicking tunes really is the stuff that I remember him playing and getting played extensively. So, it's uh, it's just kind of funny. I mean, Green the Sixties Mine, I do remember that one him kind of playing along to that because it's just kind of more of a a straight ahead groove and all that kind of stuff to play, not very hard to uh.
1: It except the bridge. Yeah. It, but like it, even when I was singing it on stage, even after we recorded it, and there was a good portion of I we were on the rush tour, I mm-hmm. remember. And I remember, you know, maybe not getting the best modern mix or whatever. And I I was like I many, many times I looked at that and I go, Where's the one? <laughs> Where's the one? I don't know. It and then we we did this thing live where we. So the last chorus, there's three different choruses, but the last chorus was like hanging out with Janice, hanging out with Janice, whatever. Moving to Atlanta. Could
0: have made it if we tried.
1: Yeah, could have made it if we tried. What's the point of force? Easy as a horse. Anyway, we, we did it a cappella. Mm. live, every time, and uh, that's when I went with that panic look on my face he goes, just follow me follow, follow the bouncing drummer you know
0: but yeah, no, I remember, as yeah, I was gonna say, I remember my dad playing a lot of Alive uh, and Kicking, the Electric Drill song, uh, Lucky This Time Voodoo Kiss, like, you know, really most of the record, but like I said, more kind of the you know, obviously he's not going to play drums to, to be with you <laughs> so hey.
1: Hey, you know, uh when we did it that's another one where we got Pat was chomping at the bit, going, Man, I'm just going bass drum clap, bass drum clap. And uh right before the solo he gets to go boom, 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 boom. And it's like, ah, really? I wish I had something to do. <laughs> like, come on man, just go with it. it you know, it's giving yourself a breather. We played twenty five <laughs> songs in the set. <laughs> And so, <clears throat> so we started doing this thing where, when it would have that little middle part where let me be the one to show you, and then it yeah. goes right into the uh, modulation. Um, I I would I'd go, get me Pat, and he and then he'd go, ba ba and he'd play the full kit. And I go, you know, it's fun, Pat. I'm giving you something to do a little, you know, just for a while. Oh yeah, we did it for like. 20 years after, 10 years after that, every night. But yeah, Uh, sometimes even Billy Sheehan, I mean, like both of them, Paul Gilbert, greatest uh, four-string and six-string players on the earth, you know, and they dumb it down. Uh, You know, and Paul Gilbert's beautiful solo in it and everything, but it's pretty, it's simple. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be simple. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like the song says, what's the point of force?
1: That's pretty intended I was talking about to be with you. But anyway, yeah, all right. Don't um. <laughs> <laughs> switch it around, kid. All right. Um. Um, so I, I have a, a oh, weird... Oh, I, 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 I made you go all over the place.
0: No, it's I, fine. I, it's I, the okay. whole point of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, a fun question I had, uh, and this is going to take you in the Wayback Machine, and maybe you have memories attached to it, or maybe it's a very simple cut-and-dry story, but I remember getting a Sega CD, and for kids potentially listening to this who have no fucking clue what a Sega CD is, Google it, but there was a video game called the Spider-Man Sega CD game, and you did vocals for Swing Time, like the main single that would play throughout the game and when the game was loading, essentially. And so I've always wondered... Did, how did you get involved with that, and did you end up writing the lyrics to that yourself, and how hard was it potentially, if you did, to put in a bunch of Spider-Man references into your lyrics?
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wrote that song with, I, I don't remember if I wrote it with Spencer Nielsen. He was a uh, producer that did a lot of those games back in the day in Sega, mm-hmm. music director. Uh, but I, I was like duh, 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 duh. yeah, I think I wrote it and wrote the lyrics, and you know, like I've written some movie mm-hmm. uh soundtrack songs as well, and they give you the script, and then you kinda you know you read the script and you kind of borrow a couple little buzzwords in it and and I'll, also i I was a huge spider man fan my whole life I mean, look one of my claim to fame even with the platinum records that I got up on the wall. I have a huge poster of, of, of Spider-Man signed by Stan Lee. Oh, wow. You dig. Yeah. So uh, another guy, another friend of mine who worked for Sega, and he was a fan of the uh, of my work over the years. His name is Gary Barth. Mm-hmm. And he worked for Sega. And anyway, I don't know how it kind of – Hey, we're doing uh, the Spider-Man gig uh, – It was a Mm CD-ROM, Spider-Man, First Kingpin, or something like that, and and they asked me to do it. And I, I mean, that's it. I mean, basically, did it was like doing a movie soundtrack to this thing. And I remember performing it live uh, at one of those what do they call it? Uh, Mm E three, electronic show in L. No, no, it was to check this out. I think it was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. world. <laughs> anyway, and it was in a parking structure, and Soul Asylum was on the top
2: structure, oh,
1: wow. and I was in the middle, and uh, I performed that song. I had a, I put together a little band, and maybe Spencer was a part of it, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, and I and that's another one that I just kind of uh, stumbled on. A few years ago on YouTube, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't remember how I even did this. <laughs> but I do remember they gave me a jacket. I mean, I remember if I made, they might have paid me 500 bucks, I don't know, but, and and I, do I get publishing for this? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I don't remember getting anything, but I got a cool Sega jacket. It was like a football letterman's jacket oh, wow. instead of a letter from the high school, it had this big S on it. It was blue and white. Yeah, it was. And and then I was in their magazine, like a Sega Game Pro or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm a, I've am been a gamer for years. So I was I was loving it. And when I, I got in the magazine, I thought oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it <laughs> in the world of video games. I might have, uh, God, I think I might have did something else Oh man, this is kind of funny. What I did, I'm just, I'm just adding this, but there was I did uh, karaoke karaoke Revolution Mm -hmm. on Konami, and you can kind of find it on YouTube if you look hard enough. And I'm doing, uh, I don't want to miss a thing. And this was, I'm in Mr. Big and I'm doing that thing, but I'm home and I got nothing to do, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'll sing it. For, I'm doing it for the kids and cash, sure so I don't want to miss a thing and I, I rocked that I really rocked it hard and then I actually did Sister Christian by Night Ranger and the producer was trying to figure out some harmonies so I called my friend Kelly Kagi, the drummer of Night Ranger and asked him exactly how those harmonies go and he got on the phone with the producer and told him and I go, ah, that's cool and he so that's how that goes. So, yeah, I did that. And I also did, uh, this is really funny. It, it was a thing called Sing Star. Mm-hmm. I think it was on PlayStation. Sing Star. And it was like a.
0: It was like Guitar career, Hero for, guitar for basically, thing. for singers, basically. For singing, correctly. right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yep. So I was a. Uh, what do you call that? Not a. You know, when somebody. Uh, what do they call that when they ask for your help? To, so basically went to a nightclub and all these actors who didn't, who'd never picked up a microphone before. And I'm there to show them, what do they call that? It, 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 they have a name for it. Where, like in a movie where they, they get the guy, it's not a stunt man, but it's, you know, I, I, I came in I was the guy that showed them proper mic technique, which, uh, is hilarious and I got a little credit for it and some money, but and I got a bunch of free games, which keep your money. Just give me the games.
0: <laughs> well I mean like that was kind of the thing and you, you were talking a little bit ago about, you know, having done some stuff uh, for other movies. You know, I know obviously you had the Song and Teachers, uh the I think the lead single for Iron Eagle. Uh you did the re recorded version of the intro for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie when that came out. Uh, to even kind of doing stuff, if I'm not mistaken, in Mad About You, uh, I haven't watched Mad About You in a long time, so my memory may be wrong on that. But it's uh...
1: well, it was, a, it was a, a soundtrack for the television show, which had like John Lennon, Elvis Costello, tons of artists on it. And I flew to New York and sang this song called uh, "I Love the Way You Love Me" with Aretha Martin, who produced Aretha Franklin, and um, you know artists of that nature. Uh, R and B stuff for Atlantic Records, and you know we had like a little orchestra. It was it was amazing. Then I, you know, I had a little single from it and a video that I did with my wife in New York. It was really cool. Well, I was gonna but, say uh, yeah, I've done I've done the movie soundtracks and I've done you know I actually did a television show called uh, There Goes the Neighborhood. I wrote a song called There Goes the Neighborhood on one of my solo. Records and and that was the name of the television show as well. Maybe they they, they just took it from the title, but and that only lasted a summer. Bummer. I've been unlucky, you know, like Navy SEALs too. There's there's another one, Iron mm-hmm. Eagle, basically the poor man's Top Gun. <laughs> and uh, cat, you you forgot if you look went in my you know research, me also Caddyshack two. Damn, trash. Oh, yeah, that's know. right. Yeah. yeah, actually, that's Mr. Biggs. and uh, I guess of' wanted to put the name on it, Just <laughs> Eric Martin.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say, I feel like that's something that was really prevalent for a lot of musicians of like uh, back then. Really, was the sync opportunities to to do things with you know original scores or songs for soundtracks, either to movies, games, TV shows, and whatever. And I feel like that's kind of gone now. Are you? Does it kind of surprise you that that avenue for musicians to create something new and unique for a property is kind of gone now, or does it not surprise you?
1: I don't know what's happening uh, with the new generation or if they're a lot of, you know. I mean, look, I did a lot, and I, and I still I haven't done it in a good few, three, four years, but uh, Japan. You know, I'll do some animation stuff uh, there, and it's still going. But I I guess, I mean, look, that's what happens. You know, I, I didn't think it then. I thought, oh, man, this is going to, I, I don't have that rock thing. I can fall back on this stuff. They don't call you after, like, you know, after a while. I'm a, I'm a guy from the 80s and 90s. You know, they don't call you.
0: Well, I feel like they don't call anyone ever. Like, I feel like gone are the days where there was the big single that pushes a movie or whatever. Like, I just feel like that in and of itself doesn't even exist. I feel like you were kind of at the, I guess, the tail end of that as being even a possibility.
1: Could have been. Could have been. I mean, I think the the reason why people did call me for that kind of stuff is because I didn't... uh, just sing hard rock and roll music I could sing R B and the ballads and all that stuff but yeah it kind of bums me out because I really enjoyed that other side of, of life you know singing doing for soundtracks and stuff. I, I enjoyed it and it helped me in so many ways I mean even when I did that teacher's song that is the first uh, song I wrote with Neil Sean from Jer- uh, Journey called I Can't Stop the Fire. And that was the song that Billy Sheehan actually heard and said, Hey, he contacted a friend of ours, Mike Varney. Hey, who's this guy? Eric Martin, Mr. Big, you know, so I don't know. It was I love having the avenues, uh you know, the other things to do. I, I mean I, I I love the work. And yeah, that work is not around anymore. Bummer. Calling to bum me out here, son.
0: (laughs) Well, I was going to say, like, you know, one of my favorite things that you popped up on, and, you know, like being, and again, you know, I'm going to give total credit to my parents for, you know, essentially just kind of letting me explore music and, and kind of showing me, you know, especially my dad. A lot of times when you get a record or even the long boxes of the CDs or things like that, where, you know, you're going through liner notes, you're seeing, you know, who's writing on something, you know, more about the behind the scenes of, of being a musician and so forth, as it kind of always was explained to me to, you know, getting marching for Mars, you know, the first record solo record that Sammy Hagar had done since leaving Van Halen. And then I go oh, yeah. to, you know, looking through the liner notes just to see who's on it. Cause you know, Matt Sorum's on it. Slash is playing some stuff on it. There's kind of like the who's who at the time of, of that scene of class, you know, classic hard rock. And then there's, you know, on kind of one of like my, the more standout songs to me at the time of uh, who has the right and then I see that you're doing backing vocals on it so I mean you perpetually throughout my childhood kept popping up on everything I was listening to whether it was Mr. Big or not I i I got a
1: little funny story so I'm I'm doing something at the record plant in Sausalito in Northern California I was there for something and I've known Sammy for years and you know with Bay Area guys and I ran up to him in the kitchen or something. He goes, hey, I got, hey, Mickey Thomas is coming in to sing uh, this song. Oh, my God, I was going to get, I was going to find somebody, you know, like a female singer or somebody to come in. I've, my balls hadn't dropped yet, so I, I had a, <laughs> a super high voice. Anyway, and he goes, uh, and he goes, oh, my God, you and Mickey would be perfect. So that's how that kind of happened. It was Mickey he was in there. And I mean, I was just there, and he did and Me and Nikki are in the control or in the uh, vocal booth singing harmonies to, yeah, you know, they right. That was really cool. You know, when you mentioned Matt Sorum, that's another funny story. So, Matt Sorum played drums on Go Go Power Rangers. Right. Yep. Okay. And uh, it was me, Kim Bullard, keyboard player, this guy, Tim Pierce. Uh, he played with Rich Franco, but he played he, a lot of. Uh, Session work. He he, he played on a couple of my solo albums as well. Great guitar player. So Tim Pierce. I think. Oh God, I can't remember his name. Oh, gonna kill me because I haven't talked to this guy in years. But his last name was Pierce too. No relation. Bass player for John Lewis and News.
0: John
1: Pierce. That sounds like an actor. I don't know. I
0: was gonna say John Pierce uh, was. If I memory, John Pierce. Yeah, John Pierce. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say Jonathan. Oh, is he? (laughs) <laughs> Jonathan
1: Livingston Siegel? No. John, yeah, John Pierce. Uh, that's that's a guy. Great sweetheart guy. I haven't seen him in years. But John Pierce, Tim Pierce, Kim Bullard, Matt uh, Sorum, and me. Ron Nevison is producing it. Ron Nevison, hello. You know, uh, Physical Graffiti, all the Babies records, all the Great Heart records. But I had everybody at Physical Graffiti. Anyway, so he. We all are in this room, and we're creating this Cocoa Power Rangers song, and we do it twice. They record it. I sing it. No, we did it live. I might have, you know, I was in a different booth, and those guys were doing the thing. So we did it twice, and then we uh, spliced it together to make one song. Hmm. And I remember while we were splicing it, not Sorm Storm is not stupid. he's He's funny. But I looked at him like he was stupid when he said it, and he goes, We're never going to be able to do this live. (laughs) It was just a funny, funny. Obviously, nobody's playing this dude live, man. So it was hilarious. I remember that from the way back.
0: Well, I don't know. It's it's just kind of interesting because it's like, I think that's the thing that always endeared me to wanting to kind of follow more of your career specifically is because you know Mr. Big is essentially a super group before really the term supergroup was really thrown around a whole lot and you know I like I remember my dad being like oh this is Paul Gilbert from you know this band and, and you know Eric Martin you know did his own thing for a little while and then Pat Torpy you know as you said earlier in the beginning and it's like so it was always kind of told to me like that you guys were all collectively and individually very important and had done so much work. And then, you know, like I was just saying a minute ago with all the different soundtrack stuff you've done and, and you know, just a breadth of other, guest vocal spots and so forth that it's like you always are working and and maybe you're not doing something that is where you're like the biggest name and, and everyone you know knows that you're doing it but you're always working and to me i feel like like a lot of the people you've mentioned essentially throughout this this whole chat is you're one of those that you you're always going to be working and being in demand because you have a unique voice and you and people know that you're going to give them the goods And I, and I think that's the thing that's, like I said, is always kind of made me kind of like, I like those kind of people where it's like, yeah, you may not see them all the time or hear their name, but those who know like the real motherfuckers who like need a good person, like, especially in music, like the musicians, musicians, you're in those, that breadth of things where people are like, like when people who know Eric Martin, it may not be the person I referenced earlier, but those who know are like, yo, Yes, that dude has a set of pipes, he always writes good songs, he always does good stuff, he's a great person, like, it's one of those where it's like, your your hard work determination and your work ethic and all that shine through, and I think it always does, and it's one of the reasons why I've always wanted to have you on, because there's just so much to talk about.
1: Dude, I gotta tell you something. You sound just like the voice in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I love, thank you for the compliments and the kind words. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I look back on it, I mean like there are there are times where I like I uh I just played Massachusetts, New York, New Jersey, North Carolina <clears throat> and Atlanta. Um, uh, this week. Like, you know, week and a half. I came home and I'm like, you know, the whole two years it was really up in the air with the COVID lockdowns and all that. I'm like, man, if I don't get out there, people are going to forget about me. And I remember, well, my ex-wife was like, they're not going to forget about you. You've done so much stuff in your (laughs) life. You you just Google you and you're like, shit, he did that? You know, and I weird out sometimes. I go, "Yeah, I've done that, but I'm not ready to give it up. You know, I'm not. I can't give it up. God, man, I don't... I can't see myself sitting on the porch yelling at, you know, the school kids as they cross the street. I can't see myself, you know? I gotta I gotta keep working, but... um, Yeah, you know, that's why I say this all the time, and I, I, I don't mean to just blab out about it, but I have all these other little irons in the fire, but the moment... Paul Gilbert and Billy Sheehan go, hey guy, hey Eric, man, let's do this again. Let's do some Mr. Big music. I'm I'm putting everything I'm 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 wiping the stove off <laughs> and starting uh to get my chops up with Mr. Big. I, I that's my first love. I love it and I love doing it. But uh Yeah, <laughs> did I have you at voice in my head? <laughs> exactly how I sound. That's exactly how I sound in my head, you know. Like what was that Stewart Smalley. This is before your time, but
0: no, I know exactly. Who uh, Stuart Smalley Saturday Night Live. Yeah,
1: goes, it got yeah. started. It people like,
0: like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It totally felt
1: like that way when you're talking and and like usually I'd be interrupting you now, going no 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 let me talk and I'm like
0: go ahead <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I appreciate it.
0: Well, I mean, I think the thing, you know, like, I'm going to go ahead and say my age now, but it's like, you know, I'm 37, and in the last, like, years, like, this past year, like, I had some shit go down, just like everybody else did, decided to go to therapy, had, you know, lost family, lost friends, and as I just get older, it becomes one of those things, and especially doing this podcast, where sometimes I get to talk to people who are so ensconced in so much of my childhood and memories with my parents (laughs) and so on and so forth, that... It takes, I mean because I like to talk, so it'll take longer than 10 seconds but, you know, it takes no time at all to thank someone for what they've done, even if it doesn't like, I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to you because you hear it so often, but we just, typically now especially in the day and age of technology and just getting lost in everything we kind of forget to, to thank those who meant something or mean something to us, to say you know, kind things to people instead of tearing them down, and It's just one of those, like I said, I have wanted to talk to you for a very long time before I had a podcast, but it's like now I have a medium where I am able to facilitate that. And so why not at least say, hey, thank you for what you've done, because it allowed my dad and I to have a mutual bond and my parents as a whole, like over certain music and going to shows and being, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, maybe the other Good.
1: I let, let, I got to interrupt you here, man, because you're, you're, you're starting, you're, you're making, I, you're going to make me have an Oprah moment. In a minute, and I don't want to have, I, I can't do that. You know, I don't know. My, my friend's going to come over in any minute. and We're going to go out and do some bike biking and he's going to come to the door and he's going, what's with the tears in your eyes? <laughs> eh, you don't do that. Anyway, Sorry. um, I, I look I, and I man you had me at the, I just watched <laughs> Field of Dreams last night and I was crying my <laughs> eyes out I went, and then he goes hey dad can we have a catch holy shit and you're doing it to me now uh thank you
0: <laughs> yeah no I mean I like I said it, it's uh it was really cool. And, you know, getting to like talk to people like Dee and Dennis Young and some of the other, you know, bands that my dad introduced me to and kind of having him get to hear me talk to these people that, you know, he really enjoyed and loved. And it's kind of like this weird symbiotic full <laughs> circle moment kind of thing. Um, so,
1: you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from because uh, when I was driving home from the airport, airport, I called my brother. And we were talking about our father, how, uh, so my, my brother's an Oakland A's fan, Mm. big full on baseball fan. And I was into sports too, but then I just went, uh, I went, you know, wholeheartedly into music, but my dad, who was, a this is ironic too. My dad was a drummer. So through my, my, you know, my dad taught me how to play drums, uh, be a performer. And then he also was a sports guy, and he taught my brother baseball and sports and all that stuff. So we were talking about how my dad took us to all these like baseball games. The A's are doing hot now, I guess, and I'm not, I'm not following it. And they're, they're, they're doing really great. And my dad is the one that took us to uh, baseball games when we were a kid. I mean, dude, <laughs> you're 30-plus years old. I'm not. I'm older. My dad my dad took me and my brother Dan to Kansas City A's games. Okay? Just a, yeah. Let's not try to do the math. <laughs>
0: just, like, Let's just say yeah, the Indians and, were still the Indians but, at that point. I'm sorry? The Cleveland Indians were still called the Cleveland Ind- Indians at that point. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I spit on the grudge. Anyway. So, um, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians. saying God, they changed the Guardians. Finally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so my dad, I mean, that was our bond, <clears throat> sports. And then when I got a little kind of notoriety in music and I got first, you know, right before I got signed to a, to a record records, uh, Eric Martin band. And my dad used to make the t-shirts for our band and he had like Eric Martin's pops page on geo cities. Right. <laughs> okay? And that was a thing that we did. And we bonded together, you know? I don't know if it's directly related, but I, 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 I'm I, kind of feeling this thing you got here. You know, it's your dad and then me. And anyway, I don't know, just adding to the story. I I loved the connection between... I, God, I, and my, my mother and father in the beginning, they didn't understand the kind of music that I was into. My dad wanted me to be a performer, but he was playing Frank Sinatra music, you know? And I was going, yeah, Dad, but uh, Queen, <laughs> you know, or like Dad, Y and T, hello, you know. Right. And And uh, but but yeah, we we we. I I I hear exactly what you're saying about you you and your dad, and and I'm glad I'm the guy that uh, I'm one of the guys that uh, was the soundtrack of your life. I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of one of the. the I don't want to. Necess- you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to ask this question because it would kind of put it on a somber note, I feel like. So I'm just not even going to ask it. <laughs>
1: uh, oh, no. Ask it and then I'll. Uh, then, uh, then- no, what, what, do you, what
0: do you say? Well, I was going to say, as of when we were kind of, like when I was initially looking at doing this chat with you uh, before some scheduling issues on both ends, but you know, at the time you had just played the United Live Music Fest in PA, and I had just gone to the local festival here in Grand Rapids, where you know we had like Corn and Rob Zombie and some of the other bigger acts like that yeah. playing, and that was my first show back, and and it was during the same weekend, I believe, and I believe that was one of your first shows back. And it was just kind of a thing where the few conversations I had that day, like doing some press, you know, I was kind of like, is it, what is your vibe going into it? Because I know me going to do my first in-person interview in two years, I was like, is... There, is the band gonna be weird? And, and you know, and then even talking to the bands that I did, I was like, "Are you excited to see, get back to normal and see your friends?" Or is it still kind of like, "Are we even cool to do this?" Like, is there any trepidations and everything? And just kind of wanted to get like your experience of going through. Because I mean, you played a festival as well, so just kind of seeing how it was for you, kind of seeing people that you've known for for a long time, and going back and playing a show. And, 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 and,
1: are we are we talking about the whole you know the plague going on and playing music at the same time?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah I mean,
1: yeah. I'm, yeah.
0: I don't know yeah, if the, I don't know if not. that was your first show back though. That was that was why I was just kind of like I wasn't sure if that was your first show back or not.
1: I don't remember. I've done a, I've done these shows like solo stuff uh-huh. where I call it COVID comfortable shows oh, okay. where you know people people are spread apart. They are wearing masks in the front. Mm-hmm. I don't want the I look. Look, I look. I, I don't want to get anybody sick if I was sick and I don't know, I you know but the, the thing that we have in common is that they like my music but I you know I don't know anybody really well in the audience that much and so I don't want no like I don't want like a little teeny spit to hit me and then I'm in the hospital I have so many friends that have already had it and had like were on ventilators for weeks in the early days of, yeah. of the COVID it's so, man and I'm older So you know uh, uh, that first, I don't know about the Delta variant and what what it's doing to the younger folks, but the that first batch that came out and people are sick and dying, it was the older folks. wasn't just you know grandma and grandpa. It was like my age, you know. So I was worried about it, but God, you know, I'm, I'm driven to play music. It's not just ego or low cash. It's I, I I long to perform. God, it kind of sounds like I should be on the, I should be like in God's belt right now. But anyway, so I, I'm longing to do it, you know, so I did it and I didn't do any meet and greets, which I call meet and die. Uh, <laughs> I just didn't want to do that. I mean, people would give me the records and I'd sign it and I look, I'm in front of them and I'm performing, but I would have loved to hug and high five each and every one of them, but no, I just wasn't, I mean, it wasn't safe. Still, really not safe. But um, I played in Rochester, New York, uh, last week, and it was crowd light. Uh, some of the sh- you know when I play these acoustic shows, about like 200 people maybe. Uh, Atlanta had a good, great turnout, but you know people in tables far away from each other. But this Rochester gig was wasn't very good, and it, and it was because of all the confusing. Confusion with uh, um, uh, vaccination passports and uh, masks, masks, and and and, you know all that kind of stuff. Where nobody's, we don't really have it together yet Mm -hmm. to go to these concerts, especially being together like that festivals. I mean, I don't remember trying to think what festival you're talking about that I did. It was um, are you sure I get
0: it? Well, cuz the reason I remember it was cuz uh Eddie Trunk uh, posted a video I believe of you playing um, from behind kind of like behind you or whatever. But and that was why it was Oh, like,
1: was it was oh oh, 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 it wasn't a festival. I man, I was really yeah, my, my throat was killing me that day. Uh, no, it was at uh, It was like a it was in Indiana. Okay. No, it was Indiana Sweet, you know, Sweetwater. Mm. You know, the the, the, yeah, the, yeah. the music uh, company Sweetwater Pavilion in Indiana and me and uh, my partner P J Garley from Trickster do an acoustic thing opening to warrant.
2: Mm, okay.
1: And they had everybody out there, right? And I did do a little meet and greet there too. And I was cognently worried about it. And you can't really like you can't really say like, oh, they look safe, you know. <laughs> or but I have my mask on. Uh, yeah, I did it. I mean, you kinda just, I mean, it's like cheating death, you know, in a way. But uh, yeah, I did it. There are times, there's things in the back of my head where I go, people want it, they they need an outlet, right? But you you can't be stupid. And look, I mean, people had their masks off and they were in the audience, they're a little farther apart from each other, and then they're when they're walking up and talking directly to people, they had their masks on, not everybody, but. How do I feel about it? I, I think about it all the time and I, I try to be as safe as as I can. There are a couple states that I played in where they don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. I'm not going to bring it up, but you know, them. Hey, ah, no, I'm not going to bring it up, but, um, just try to try to be comfortable. I look, I've, I've been in lockdown for two years you know practically and I go I barely even go out of the house but I I play these gigs and like I said I have played some COVID comfortable gigs and I I prefer those more than I like playing festivals trust me I don't I've turned down a few festivals as well where I'm going and I'm playing acoustic and I'm going and the guy goes seven like oh man I can't do it (laughs) you know so well, anyway, I, uh, I, uh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad I didn't answer it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, you asked, yeah, you asked. No, man, I'm like sweating bullets right now. Beads of sweat are coming down, along with the tears in my eyes. Oh a freaking <laughs> mess. Thank you.
0: Um, last, I guess actually the last question for you, because I'm going to go on a date with my wife here in just a second, so we're going to go out for dinner. And, uh <laughs> you got a bike ride you got to go on here, it sounds like, as well. So perfect timing. Um, what's one of your favorite memories from the release of, of Lean Into It? You know, looking back 30 years, what, what's one of your favorite memories of it?
1: My, actually, big memory is opening to Rush on tour. And they, when we first did it, we, it's so funny that I just mentioned that I was in North Carolina. That was the, we were in Raleigh. That was our first show on the uh, Presto tour. And we pull up to the hotel (laughs) and it says, Welcome Mr. Big with two G's. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh," I said, Oh my God, God, I hope this works out. And I'm back in my head, I'm going, I'm in a rush. And Paul Gilbert had, we had wardrobe cases, right? Mm -hmm. All these wooden wardrobe cases we put our clothes in. Uh, and Paul didn't have any clothes in it. He had every uh, Rush album in it <laughs> to get those guys to sign it at the end of the tour. I swear to God. And um, and we're playing North Carolina. and That first week was rough, really rough, because nobody they only really care about the opening act. That's where you go out and you get the your poster and your beer, you know. <laughs> and Alex and Getty would be on the sides of the stage watching us a lot, I mean, a lot of shows, and the fans kind of picked up on it, and they started, hey, they were like, hey, if Rush likes it, I guess we should like it. I remember being up on stage, too, and we had this song called Addicted to That Rush. It was on our first album, mm-hmm. and I was so corny back then. Too. I was like, and anything to get them out of their seats, but I'd go, are you addicted to Rush? And they'd be like, I go, hold that thought. Right. Um, but after a while, uh to be with you came out. And Alex and Getty came to our dressing room and said, Thank you guys so much for you know, more chicks are coming to the rush show. <laughs> I remember that. That is one of the best memories I ever had, you know. And they and then they loved it so much they invited us to do the roll the bones tour as well. So yeah, God, we sure got lucky. Well I think know, it's a, that, that, was great, that was a great memory.
0: I think it's a great spot to uh to end this chat. Um where can everyone find you or whatever you would like to plug online?
1: Oh man, I got some well, I just did a Jeff Scott Soto, I, I sang a duets album on a record that he has out. Uh I just did something uh with Chuck Wright from uh, Quiet Riot uh i'm going to be doing uh this Aventasia. I've, I've done a couple albums with them so i'm going to be singing on on that that's going to come out next year and i got eric martin it's a facebook you can that there's a there's a couple fan ones too but you'll you'll see it. it's a cheesecake picture of me <laughs> looks like a japanese way too it looks like come on my eyes are You know, I've I've had wrinkles for 20 years. Come on, man. You know, (laughs) stop airbrushing me. Anyway, so, yeah, it's my picture, but it has my logo, EM, like a barcode. So that's me on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, I don't have an Instagram. Well, I do. Just to spy on my children. All right. (laughs) All (laughs)
0: right. That's, hey, 15 uh, years that's a, old, man. I was say that's a very honest uh, parent answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not creepy. No, oh, they, 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 you know, I, I'm like, what do you guys? I and I try to. I go, what do you guys listen to now? Or what's with this TikTok? Uh, whatever the hell that's you know what? What I don't know. And they go, yeah, yeah. Well, and they're pretty secretive, and you know, I don't pick up their cell phones, and I don't, you know, I don't. I don't bug bug them and spy wear on'em, you know, so yeah, just go on Instagram and kind of check out what they're doing, and they're great, <laughs> such an idiot anyway
0: well, Eric, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me for an hour i I think I might have gone over the limit I was supposed to, but I uh, had a had a blast, so thank you for taking the time uh,
1: look you 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 are you are you definitely have a gift for gab, <laughs> and i <laughs> I'm glad that you did a little talking this time because. You, you, I, I'm, I call myself Mr. Big Mouth. (laughs) Or maybe my ex-wife called me that. I don't remember, but yeah, uh, I had a good time chatting with you.
0: You as well. We'll have to do it again sometime if you ever roll through Michigan at some point. Absolutely. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy that bike ride. All right. Thank you, John. See you, you man. Bye-bye. So that was my conversation with Eric Martin, again of Mr. Big, of the Eric Martin Band. I mean, wow. Um, again, that may, it may not be one of those to you, potentially the listener, or whoever's listening, where you're like, "Oh, I really expected you to do that." This is so different, or whatever. But I, I love kind of having different people on, and and you know, talking to some of these these guests and these these musicians and artists that I've long admired. That like potentially when you look at me, you might be like, "You don't know dick about that band," but I do. Like, <laughs> it's it's so funny. Like, you know, I I think I have tried. So hard uh, to sort of showcase that I'm not just I'm a metal guy or I'm this or I'm that. like I am wide with what I what I listen to, my influences, my styles, my things that I love, the things I grew up with. And I think that you know having someone like Eric Martin on the show, like I love when I get some of these older you know musicians on the show because it's funny. It, like the episode itself may not do super well, but on YouTube, the show always finds the audience i know it's going to hit and that audience is always like this was so cool to hear this person talking about whatever like that's that's the fun that's the part of why i love doing this too and and expanding beyond just you know rock metal whatever and and mr big and eric martin are still deeply rooted in rock and hard rock but it's one of those to me where i just kind of love maybe some of the younger people that listen to this show, maybe you don't know how great Mr. Big is. So I'm I'm able to have a chat with someone that I really appreciate and I really admire. And maybe you're gonna go check out this record and you're gonna find some new music you really fucking love. For maybe some of the older generation that doesn't, you know, necessarily listen to this show and they're gonna find it on YouTube later. I hope you really enjoyed this. I hope you hope you enjoyed listening to a conversation with someone where maybe you heard different stories and, and different topics being brought up that you don't typically hear Eric get to talk about because it's always well you know the success of you know to be with you or uh, whatever it's the same it's the same things and I knew no one would have mentioned the Spider-Man game because like I don't know many people who had a fucking Sega CD like I legitimately when I say I had one and and people who are into video games like you had one of those what was there, like seven games? And I was like, there's a shitload of games and I still have them. It's kind of interesting sometimes talking to some of these people who have been doing interviews or long form interviews for 30, 40, 50 years and still finding things that they haven't talked about very much. Uh, and to me, that's that's the challenge. That's the fun of doing these things, kind of catching people off guard, you know, like with Dee Snyder and the, the whole Chappelle show thing. Uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. And I knew probably no one's going to ask him about that, but that was a huge part of Me in my 20s was watching that show. Same with, you know, the Spider-Man video game for Eric. Like, that was huge for me. You know, soundtracks. I'm a huge soundtracks fan. Um, So him working on, you know, the Iron Eagle and Teachers and stuff like that. Like, I remember those songs. So um, hopefully if you're listening to this on whatever platform, medium, whatever it is, I hope you enjoyed it. That's, that's pretty much why I do this. That's why I have a wide array of guests because I like to, I want to challenge myself a little bit and maybe challenge you guys as well, guys and gals. Um, so without further ado, uh, if you would like to keep up with Eric Martin, it's pretty easy. Let's just go to, just go to ericmartin.com. Honestly, Everything you need to know is there, go there, you can check up on tour dates, uh, you can find his social media, you can go to his online store, buy some stuff. Uh, If you had the money uh, and you want to buy the vinyl deluxe box set of the Mr. Big Lean Into It 30 year anniversary edition, man that thing looks fucking cool. Uh, Sadly I just don't have that kind of money to (laughs) plop down on a box set basically, but... The attention paid to that box set is is really uh, phenomenal, and anyone who gets it, I'm sure, is going to be very happy with it. Uh, at the very least, listen to the new record. The remaster uh, of it is really good. Uh, it, they didn't do the thing a lot of remasters do where it kind of takes away from what you loved about the original album, and that was something I thought was really cool and I feel like was a, a good focus to on them to do as well as basically just... Um, you know, having some of these fun demos and and some of these like fun, like here's this song without the guitar. So if you're a guitar player, you can basically play around with the band, just sans guitar. So I think there's interesting things that they did with this box set. So uh, if you are able to pick it up or at least stream it or whatever, do so. It's still a great record top to bottom. Uh, If you would like to keep up with me, simple enough, BruceBeakPod.com. Everything you need to see is there. If you would like to support our podcast sponsors, that would be greatly appreciated as they sponsor us. And we are doing a lot of things right now. Uh, I know I've talked about a lot of them intermittently throughout various social medias, long and short of it. Um, We want to thank Rockabilia.com. Use our code BRUTALLY. Get 10% off your total purchase order. On Point Palmade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point. Use our code BSP15. Take 15% off your total purchase order. And last but not least, The Bean Bastard. Head on over to thebeanbastard.com. Pick up some delicious coffee. It's starting to, you know, weather's changing, season's changing, it's about to be fall. I know a lot more people are going to probably sit at home, uh, have some uh, coffee and so forth by firesides and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a perfect time to go support a local business. And that wraps up this episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. Uh, come back next week. We have Sal from Stained, and uh, it was a lot of fun getting to talk to him for a little bit uh, ahead of the festival appearance that they did here in Grand Rapids. So I will see you all next week with that, and talk to you then.